Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock I remember you guys. It's been a little bit since Daddy came home. Let's have a day. Let's have a show. Let's have a year. Let's do this thing. My name is Jason Hammer. Happy to be back with you. Big Nige, on the other hand, he's out to start the year, which means my man, Jerry Lopez, on social media at Indie Spanglish. Back again. What's up, man? Happy New Year. Hey, it's nice to see you back here. It's been a couple of weeks. I'm sure uh, I'm sure everybody in the city is happy to hear your voice, Jason. <laughs> well, let's get into it because it is a new year. Calendar has flipped to 2024, and the new year, kind of like the old year, And the year before that, the year before that, we're off to a violent start. So by the time I woke up on January 1st, stayed up late, you know, we watched the ball drop, shot some fireworks off, we did the thing. I probably fell asleep around 2 o'clock in the morning, New Year's Eve into New Year's Day. By the time I woke up the next day, Jerry, nine people shot, three people killed. Didn't take very long, did it? No, no. And... One of these situations here, very bizarre. Now, you may have heard in the news earlier, an arrest has been made in this double homicide that took place on New Year's Day. So, 52-year-old Jason Lapsley was taken into custody Monday night for the murders of 42-year-old Jasmine Ivy Deedy and 45-year-old Justin Boyd II. Now, Boyd was with the firefighters, and they were both found shot to death in a pickup truck around Michigan Road and Grandview Drive around 6 a.m. on Monday. Now, at first, I thought, man, this is a carjacking. You know, some lunatics out there. Maybe he was on drugs. Maybe he was drunk. It's, you know, New Year's Eve into New Year's Day. What a horrible thing. And yes, it still is, but we're finding a little bit more information here, Jerry. Sounds like there was a connection. Like, this was the brother of the firefighter who shot and killed him and his female guest. Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, uh, Mr. Boyd, uh, actually, I knew. Uh, He was a barber at at a place called Universal Barbershop, located over 71st and Michigan Road. As far as I knew, great guy, stand-up dad, has two kids, they're they're over the age of 18. Pretty good family man. I was very surprised to to hear this. Um, But I thought the same thing you did, a case of road rage, a a, a case of of something like that. Uh, To hear this come out and and hear that maybe the deceased is related to to the suspect is is very jarring. And I hate to say it, it, while it's a horrible thing, at least it was a, a specific incident as opposed to somebody just running around shooting people in the street. Right. Because we play a game on this show from time to time called Am I a Horrible Person? Does it make me a horrible person that... I'm happy there was some sort of connection there, like a targeted attack, as opposed to just some rando, you know, just going up and shooting people in their cars. I I know it's horrible to say, but does that make me a bad person? I don't think so. I think you're well within your right to say that this is a horrible incident that you wouldn't wish on anybody. But at least it can make sense. At least it will make some kind of sense to the people. And it's not just just a random attack. Now, we were talking about this in the back, Jerry. 
I feel like there's going to be a lot more information about this specific shooting that comes out as time goes by. Because RTV6, they were the first one to point out that uh, Boyd had picked up his brother, the shooter, and the woman who was in his car, not his wife, uh, earlier that night. Now, according to the IMPD, and again, I'm getting this from Channel 6, the suspect slash, slash alleged shooter told police he believed he was being carjacked he was in the back seat when he got picked up, thought he was being carjacked, and shot both victims multiple times. We're hearing eight was the number to the driver who was uh, the firefighter Boyd. Right. Eight times you shoot you shoot the driver. You shoot the, the female passenger multiple times. You're in the back seat allegedly being carjacked. And as far as anything we've seen, didn't necessarily try to escape that situation yet. At least that information hasn't been put out yet. Right. So there's a lot going on here, but if it makes anybody feel any better, now I know this isn't going to do anything for the family and friends of those that lost their life in here. It doesn't look like this was just a random attack where people need to be fearing for their lives if they live on that side of town or something like that. Also, there was another killing that happened just after 1 a.m. So as soon as the calendar rolled over to 2024, uh, IMPD officers found a man shot at Boulevard Place, which is a few blocks south of Crown Hill Cemetery. And the guy was transported to the hospital in critical condition and did not survive. So here's what's going to be interesting, Jerry, and let me know your thoughts here. The mayor's office, they're ready to do a victory lap. They're ready to have a parade because the homicide total of 2023 was less than 2022 and it was down substantially from the record year of 2020 so is there reason for joe hogsett and the city county council and the prosecutor's office and all of your favorite cartoon pals to have a big parade and celebration because the homicide totals have gone down not at all not at all this reminds me of post-covid right we lost all the jobs because everybody got sent home and all of a sudden the economy opens back up and joe biden wants to do a victory lap about how he brought these jobs back well, the reality is those jobs left for a reason, right? And, and these murders, they're horrible. Just because you're, you didn't set the record again that isn't something you need to be proud of in this city. It's still over 200, and that's a problem. And we talk about this all the time because one of the criticisms folks like us on talk radio or places that have online presence get, well, you can complain all you want about the homicide. What are your solutions? I have rolled out multiple solutions on this program. Rick Snyder, FOP president, has rolled out multiple solutions. Reverend Charles Harrison, who works with the Ten Point Coalition, has rolled out multiple solutions. And the one common denominator, I think that all of us have tougher sentencing for violent repeat offenders. Now, violent is the key word there. Now, where I differ a little bit from Rick and maybe the Reverend, I think if you get busted for weed, if you've got a white collar crime, I'm willing to let you back out, maybe throw an ankle monitor on, something like that. Now, if you're a violent habitual offender, though, you got to be locked up. And if you can find a way somehow to free up the jail space and have the staffing to pull this off, you will see homicides in the city get down around 100 again. 
because so often, and you know this, Jerry, it's mugshot on mugshot violence that we talk about. Well, and it goes back to what we talked about before the show started, where the, the guy that killed the sheriff's deputy, who also killed his uh, the mother of his kids, should have never been on the streets. Should have never been on the streets. He violated a protective order. Before he killed his mother, right. Right. Violated a protective order uh, from a previous uh, violent crime and then was allowed back on the streets. You know, at what point in time do, do, do we get rid of, of, of uh, Mr. Mears, right? If you're not going to prosecute these violent offenders, if you're not going to keep them in prison, then how are you keeping our city safe? And the thing is, Joe Hawksett and Ryan Mears, we call them the gruesome twosome, they don't even get along. Like Joe Mears is so Joe Mears. Ryan Mears is so soft on crime that Joe Hogsett even feels like, damn, maybe I need to go get another federal prosecutor in here to kind of have a workaround here. Let that sink in. Somebody is so soft on crime that even Boss Hogsett feels like this guy's a total zero. Well, and then we have two people that one that ran for mayor and one that eventually won that think the, the way that we fix this is to get rid of licensed gun owners' weapons. Right. Because it's always the licensed gun owner's fault when mugshot on mugshot violence happens. Based on that logic, the NRA convention should be carnage, right? It's the safest weekend of the safest weekend of the year is when the NRA is in town. Whenever the NRA has a convention, it's the safest weekend of the year wherever they go. But based on the logic of Boss Hogsett and Ryan Mears and a lot of folks in the city county council. Well, it should just be one death after the other with those god-awful, disgusting gun owners. And we'll talk to Guy Relford coming up in just a little bit. We'll have the first Tuesday gun day of the year since he was off yesterday. We'll get him in here in just a little bit. Now, speaking of the city county council, I was scrolling through social media last night a little bit, and I see you in this back and forth, Jerry, with the newly sworn-in socialist on the city county council, Jesse Brown. What's going on with you guys? Well, Jesse Brown picked the wrong person to talk to yesterday. <laughs> All right. Let's go. So you 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 cannot show up in my city and proudly claim to be a socialist slash communist and expect me, the firstborn child of Cuban refugees, to sit back and just let you spew your nonsense. There is zero chance that can happen. And we invited him to come on the show and he turned it down. He refused to because I think he knows that when he gets his foot feet to the fire, there's no way he even believes the nonsense that he's spewing. And he won, though, pretty heavily against the Libertarian candidate because the Republicans didn't run anybody against right. him. And that's our fault. That's our fault. That's that's the right's fault. We could have won that, We did, but we didn't even try. We didn't even try to win it, right? And and what I say to him is, you know, as a socialist, as a as a BLM supporter, all that stuff, right? He he has managed to grow up with the privilege that he believes he has as being a white American, right? But but comes out with this socialism, communist point of view, which is wrong. You don't see any Americans in the water trying to float to Cuba, right? That does not happen. Right. Okay. They're all they're all trying to come here for the land of opportunity. And for this cat to have a back and forth with you, somebody who has seen firsthand what real socialism is like. We're not talking about the, we're going to call it socialism kind of stuff like AOC and the squad members talk about. You've seen it firsthand and you called his bull crap on it. Yeah. And he got really quiet, really quick. And I made sure to let him know I had nothing but time on my hands. So I was, I was ready. And again, we got a chair here. If he's not doing anything this afternoon, I'll be here. I'll moderate 
moderate the debate. I have moderated debates before, like when Rob Kendall and Jim Lucas went at each other. I thought I was pretty fair on that. So I provide a fair forum. If he wants to come in here and tell us how great socialism is, he can have one chair, Spanglish can have the other, and we'll do the thing. I don't anticipate my phone ringing, though, Jerry. I agree. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money You're on listening my to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Come on. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. Hands were going up this weekend, man. Colts had a big win against the Raiders. Pacers had a big win on the road against Milwaukee. I kind of dig this. Jerry Lopez filling in for Big Nige today. I'm Hammer. I was at the Colts game on Sunday. Must-win game. Wasn't pretty at times, but the Colts found a way. And now, Saturday night, Indy's going to be rocking and rolling because the Colts and Texans game has been flexed to prime time. Saturday night, 8 o'clock, Lucas Oil Stadium. If the Colts win, they're in. Now, if they lose, more than likely they're out. There's some sort of 1.21 gigawatt mathematical chance they can still make it in. But let's be honest, it ain't happening. So you're in a position, win and go to the playoffs or lose and get ready for the offseason. Meanwhile, the Pacers, while most people were watching the college football games last night, and we'll talk about that here in just a second, Pacers went on the road to Milwaukee, a team they've had a little heat with this season. A lot of trash talk with those squads. And on January 1st, Pacers went into Milwaukee and beat those mouthy Milwaukee Bucks on their home floor. I loved it. And I'm so petty, Jerry. One of my favorite things was at the end of the game, Tyrese Halliburton takes the game ball and makes sure Milwaukee has it. <laughs> That's great. Take this game ball and take that L with you. Now, they're going to run it back this Wednesday here in Indy. It'll be the final game between these teams in the regular season. It's getting kind of chippy, and I I think sports are better when there's trash talk, when there's a rivalry. Like, I don't really care about Michigan and Ohio State, but when that game's on, I'm into it. Same thing with Yankees and Red Sox and all these types of rivalries. Sports are better when there's hatred involved. It's, it's nice because a lot of us watch professional athletes and we think they don't care. Right, like oh, they're they're just millionaires. They don't they don't care. But when you get these games, and you know these two teams legitimately have a hatred for each other, right? It's something special. And I haven't felt like this since back in the boom baby days with Knicks Pacers and right. And and think about this: the Pacers have a rivalry with the Milwaukee Bucks. That is that's number two, number one, two, three teams in a league, right? And. That's a pretty close, you know, road trip if you're a Pacer fan. And if you're a Bucks fan or a Giannis fan, whoever, right. you can come into Indy. So it's good for the sport. It's good for the Pacers. And uh, they're going to run it back on Wednesday. 
Purdue fans, not going to forget about you. Number one in the college basketball polls to start 2024. Now, I know that every Boilermaker fan would trade being number one for success in March. If they win the whole thing in March as the number five seed, I don't think anybody's going to say that it was a bad year. They got to have success in March. But, boy, this is a good Purdue squad. So, Colts win. Pacers win. Purdue's number one. And we've got a pretty solid college football national championship. Both of those games last night, anybody that watched them, you got everything you wanted. Like, I know Florida State fans were a little butthurt about not being invited in, so they basically quit in their game against Georgia. They quit. They got skull drug. (laughs) They did, too. Georgia sent a message. But the four teams that played yesterday, I think those were the four best teams in America. Maybe Georgia has a case. I don't know. But those games showcased went down to the final play in both games. Did you watch them? Uh, That Michigan-Alabama game, when it ended, I just sat on the edge of the bed and just kept shaking my head going, what a great football game. Right. Ups, downs, physicality. Like That was like watching an NFL game almost. And a lot of the athletes on that field are going to be playing in Sunday next year. And then... Michael Penix, former IU quarterback, out there just throwing laser beams for Washington last night. But because of their idiotic clock management, they almost gave it away. And Texas comes back with one final chance inside the red zone, a pass to the end zone, and it gets knocked away. Both games coming down to the final play. And as a sports fan, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, what more could you ask? What what more could you ask for as a sports fan of the whole weekend? Now, I lost my bet with the Alabama-Michigan game. I had a bet on Alabama's total points at over 22 and a half. And they were down that. When they got to that overtime, because I had the same bet. I had two guys a score, and then I had the over 22 and a half. And when uh, Blake Corum scores that touchdown, and Alabama has the ball going in, and I'm like, they can't kick the field goal. Right. Either I lose my bet now or we go to another overtime. Losing the coin toss <laughs> kind of sealed your fate with yeah. that one. But I did win the Washington bet, had Washington with the points. I should have just faded Ted Cruz because the Texas senator was at the game. He was there to support Texas as they took on Washington in the Sugar Bowl. And Ted Cruz, he pops up at some of these big Texas themed sporting events. Somebody broke down the information. Sports bettors are now 15-2 and two since 2017 when betting against the teams Ted Cruz is rooting for in person. So when Ted Cruz shows up, of the last 17 games he's been to, Astros games, you know, Final Four with Houston, uh, all these games, Texas last night, the opposing team is 15 and 2. Had you bet 100 bucks each game, just fading Ted Cruz, you'd be up $2,344 so right now. Are you telling me that Tred, Ted Cruz is the mush of Bronx Tale? He is. <laughs> he 100% is. When you see Ted walk in the building and a Texas team or somebody he's rooting for is involved, Hammer the other team. The money is there. 15 and 2 since 2017 when Ted Cruz makes an appearance at a game. And those numbers are so joy. It's not even 15 and 2? Yeah. I'll take those odds any day. Right. The Astros had a little success, you know, prior to that. Is that trash can banging, though? 
That was a little trash can banging. But since they've been, you know, having to win baseball games without cheating, 15-2 and fading Ted Cruz. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day. Tuesday. Gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. Hammer and Nigel Show. So nobody really was at work yesterday. It was a holiday. So we thought, let's carry over Monday gun day into Tuesday. That is the gravy of America right there. When March Madness spills over into April, it's the gravy. And when Monday gun day goes into (laughs) Tuesday, it's the gravy. Guy, how are you? I'm great, man. And thanks as always to our sponsor for Monday gun day, even on a Tuesday, which is Premier Arms in Brownsburg, uh, with the largest selection of new used and historic firearms in the Midwest. And PA Jewelers located right in the store. Check them out at uh, premierarms.com or at 3754 South Green Street. Street in Brownsburg. So listen, everybody in this room right now is a 2A supporter. Myself, oh, yeah. Jerry Lopez, yep. the gun guy, Guy Relford. That being said, I think we can all agree there's a special place in hell for the moron that fires his gun up oh. into the air on New Year's Eve at the stroke of midnight. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I talked about this on my show. You know, I, I had a show Saturday and... Uh, I came in and we actually started off the show with, uh, oh gosh, who was the artist at What Goes Up Must Come Down, Spinning Wheel, right? right. You're, you're a DJ, you know this. I mean, we actually played the What Goes Up Must Come Down uh, lyric, and then I talked about that for a while. But I have to tell you, I had... I had a, a potential client. The guy ended up not hiring me, but I had a consultation. The guy came in and he, he was charged with criminal recklessness with a deadly weapon because he had gone out on his, on his back deck on New Year's Eve and fired a bunch of rounds in the air. And, and, and his neighbors reported him, and, and he got arrested. And we're having a conversation where I'm explaining to him what the crime of criminal recklessness is, which is endangering someone knowingly, intentionally, or recklessly, and with a deadly weapon that enhances it to a felony. And, and he looked at me, and he said, well, that's ridiculous. He says, there's no way I endangered anyone. And I said, oh, okay. I, explain to me what you mean by that. And he goes, well, those rounds burn up on re-entry. <laughs> like it's the space shuttle coming back into yeah. the Earth's atmosphere. Yeah. yeah, he goes, he goes, I didn't danger. He goes, he goes, those rounds burn up on re-entry. And I went, no, brother, that's that's not quite how that works. Wasn't there a story about a young kid that was injured by a stray you know, bullet going up in the oh, air and yeah, coming there are back people down. People who die. I mean, yeah. absolutely. And and look, look just not to, to bore anybody with the science, but here's how this works: when something goes up, especially straight up, once it starts coming back down, you have two competing forces. One is gravity, is pulling it back down, which is affected dramatically by the mass, the weight uh, of of and by. Um, uh, the the shape of the projectile, then you have drag, which is the resistance of the air. So at one point, at some point, the drag on that equals the gravitational pull. That's what we call terminal velocity. So it no longer accelerates. A, a typical projectile, and it depends on the, the, the round and whatnot, but it's coming down. It's coming down probably in the, depending on the projectile, the shape of it to some degree, because that influences drag. Your kid's coming down 400, 500 feet per second. That's moving. If I if I fire my my 45 caliber gun, that's at about 
750, 800 feet per second. So it's not that much different from a round being fired out of a gun. Um, could that hurt somebody? Absolutely. Could it potentially kill somebody? Absolutely. That's why I talked about it on my show, and IMPD talks about it, and you know, a lot of law enforcement across the country talks about it. But knuckleheads still go out there and do it. And, oh, dude. And, my neighborhood. Because, again, I've lived in Indy long enough to know the difference between firework and gunshot. Unfortunately, yeah. it's yeah. A kind of the nature of the beast of living in <laughs> Indy right now. So my son lives on the same street. So at midnight, you know, I'm going down to my son's house because he's going to light some fireworks off. All right, fine. Walking down there, hearing the gunshots, my wife and I are like, now I know how Ice Cube and Dr. Dre felt like when they rode straight out of Compton. I feel yeah. like we're walking through like the most dangerous street in America right now because you hear all these guns going off. Well, and the scary part about it is, to your point, you hear them going off and you know the rounds have to come back yeah. down. You yeah. don't know where, which way they were facing. You don't know anything. For all you know, they're coming right at you. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, that, and that's where, I mean, sometimes gun owners, we can be our own worst enemy because every time something like that happens, I guarantee you, there are legislators, there are people in the community contacting their legislators saying, we need a law. You know, right. these people can't police themselves. They can't control. They can't be People like Shannon Watts are hoping people get hurt. But it, Absolutely. It, but it's already illegal. Right. <laughs> it's well, already yeah, illegal. There's exactly. not a law that isn't on the books that if you just didn't enforce it, wouldn't help us. I know. But you well, know, didn't but Joe it, Biden once say to scare off intruders, just fire your gun in your the shotgun. air? Your yeah. shotgun. Yeah, just go out and fire. That's why I tell Jill, go out on the balcony and fire two rounds in the air. Uh, no, bro. You're telling, people, <laughs> you're, you're telling people to commit a felony. Not a good idea. Uh, Tuesday gun day with Guy Relford normally joins us on Monday, but we got him here for a Tuesday. All right, calendar is flipped. It's 2024. Yeah. What kind of gun laws are being kicked around at the Indiana General Assembly? Well, you know, every year, and this is this year is no different. Ah, this year's a little different in that the amount of gun control bills that have already been filed, they're on the they're on the website. Go to the Indiana uh, uh, slash IGA for Indiana General Assembly, and you can see them. Just search for firearm, and there's a gazillion of them. But every year we play offense and we play defense. Right? We're always out there fighting. To enhance and protect constitutional rights, like last year when we finally got constitutional carry passed, although there are a bunch of bills filed trying to reel that back, if not repeal it completely. Um, but then there are also a whole bunch of bills filed every year uh, that would uh, negate your constitutional rights or limit your constitutional rights. And man, there's a ton of those. And in fact, I was just on Fox 59 last night and this morning talking about a whole bunch of those. Um, so, yeah, we got to play offense. we got to play defense. But you want to go into specifics, man, I can tell you about some of the stuff um, that's actually out there. What's the most asinine, ludicrous, over-the-top thing that a lawmaker wants to accomplish? Well, uh, our own Senator Fadi Kadura uh, from right here in Indianapolis, uh, as he promised he would, and he generated some media over this, filed a bill that would allow local governments like the city of Indianapolis and Boss Hog set in the Marion County City County Council or any other local government to basically do what they want to on gun control. So every city, county, township, you know, airport authority, any local unit of government can go out there and regulate firearms as, as they see fit. Now, it's not quite that broad, but the way it's written, um, there's a whole bunch of laws. And if you remember, during the mayoral race, both Jefferson Shreve and Joe Hawks, it came out and said, oh, I propose the following gun control measures right here in Marion County. 
And that included things like repealing constitutional carry, which we just got passed last year, like uh, um, saying that if you're not 21, you can't go into a store and buy a gun. So I can be 18, 19, 20, go defend you know, my country carrying a select fire, fully automatic firearm or driving a tank or, or operating an artillery unit in Iraq or Afghanistan, but I can't come home and buy a shotgun to go squirrel hunting with my, with my grandfather um, and, 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 and a number of other provisions. And so, anyway, this 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 bill that's been introduced uh, by Senator Fadi Kadura uh, would allow local governments to to do exactly that. And Marion County's already passed their ordinance, so that stuff would go into effect immediately if this thing were to pass. So, but, but just trying to use my brain here, if Marion County has an ordinance that says I can't purchase a weapon or I can't conceal carry or anything yeah. like that, right? What stops me from going to Boone County and and getting a weapon there if they have a different ordinance? Well, nothing, and 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 that's why it's, you're wise to to raise that, Jerry. But in addition, all Marion County can do, Marion County or any other local government in Indiana, under the Indiana Constitution, cannot pass a law that puts people in jail, right? Not only the state can do that or the federal government can do that. So what can the city of Indianapolis do, as they've done in their ordinance? It's contingent on state law passing or changing the preemption statute that would allow this to go into effect. All they can do is pass an ordinance. And you know what, you, you, what happens when you violate an ordinance? You get fined. So here's the logic, or lack thereof. Here's here here's the logic, which is, and, and you heard Joe Hogson, you heard Jefferson Shreve out. We need to to you know to to limit gun violence in Indiana, and we need to you know be tough on criminals. The idea is okay, um, like they're going to ban assault weapons, quote unquote, right? So semi-automatic firearms with detachable magazines. I've got my AK-47. I'm a drug dealer. I'm going to go murder my rival drug dealer. And I've decided this guy's in, he's infringing on my territory. I'm going to go murder this guy in a drive-by. And the last second, I'm not afraid of the death penalty for murder. I'm not afraid of 50 or 60, 70 years in prison. I'm not afraid of dying in a shootout with my fellow gun owner. But in the last second, right before I get in my car to go do my drive-by to kill my rival drug dealer, I'm going to go, hold on. Joe Hawks has passed an ordinance. <laughs> I could get fined right. for having my AK-47 in Marion County. I'm not afraid of the death penalty or dying in a shootout with, a, with, 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 with my victim or, or the cops, but I'm going to leave my gun at home because I'm afraid of a fine. So I'm walking around the street with my AK-47. The yeah. police stop me and they give me a ticket. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. they're so staffed, right. they're walking around looking to give out citations. Absolutely. <laughs> and no way are they 300 officers shy of doing their jobs. They're looking for people turning right on a red light or carrying their weapon. And this is going to protect Ridiculous. the citizens of Marion County from gun violence. These people actually expect you to believe this. So, real quick, before we let you go, yep. again, we got Guy Relford with us, looking stellar on the live YouTube camera. Check him out right now. We're streaming live. Um, sounds like there's a little drama at the top of the food chain of the NRA. Oh. And we've talked about this before, but man, that seat's getting really hot for Wayne LaPierre. You know, it, it should have been hotter, and it should have been hotter for a long time. I mean, look, I'm a benefactor-level life member of NRA. I, I've spent a whole bunch of money. Uh, I've sent a whole bunch of money to, to Virginia and the NRA, because we need a strong, well-funded, effective NRA at the national level to, to help defend our gun rights. Uh, but, but Wayne 
Wayne LaPierre is so horribly mismanaged NRA, and there's all these revelations, all these reports that have come out that uh, he's he's mismanaged funds. He spent tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on luxury items and vacations and clothes, um, all for his you know personal benefit. And uh, he should have been out years ago. He should have been out. Remember, we had a bunch of drama in the NRA annual meeting here, like, what, nine years ago, when Ollie North tried to oust him. Right. He had all this castle intrigue at the time. And the guy's mismanaged. And he's cost NRA not only millions of dollars, and they've lost members. They've lost close to two million members since all this started coming out. But they've lost they've lost a lot of their effectiveness at the national level. And, that, and frankly, that's why I started the 2A project in 2000. You guys and I talked about it at the time which is to not lose any momentum, because we have great local representatives that help us in the Indiana General Assembly. But I saw uh, NRA really losing a lot of its effectiveness. That's why I founded the 2A Project. That's why we were the leaders. We were the leaders on getting constitutional carry passed last last year. So, yeah, it's time for Wayne to go. He, he, he should have gone several years ago. NRA would be a better organization um, if he were gone. And unfortunately, he's got so much control over that board for reasons we don't know. I could only speculate. Probably there, he knows where the bodies are buried, I'm guessing. Not, <laughs> not literally, but figuratively Could be speaking. literally hell. Who yeah, knows? No, I'm thinking financially speaking is what <laughs> I'm thinking. I don't know. I, that's my speculation. But no, it's time for Wayne LaPierre to be gone. NRA will be better off. And, and Second Amendment rights in America will be better off. If someone wants to continue this conversation, hire you for your services, or be trained. Maybe they got a firearm for the holidays. How can they find you? Yeah, best way really these days is through Twitter. Just at Guy Relford on Twitter. Give me a follow. I'm trying to build that following. So at Guy Relford on Twitter. Guy, happy new year. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Crime, punishment, judges, legal stuff. All right, Jerry Lopez filling in for Big Nige. Walk me through this lawsuit, or I'm sorry, potential lawsuit about a virtual sexual assault. So this is the first of its kind, Hammer. British police are investigating the alleged gang rape of a girl's avatar in a virtual reality game. Believed to be the first of its kind ever in the metaverse. The victim, she's been identified only as somebody under the age of 16, was wearing one of those VR headsets in a game when her avatar uh, was gang raped by several men. Although the accuser never sustained any physical injuries, she may have suffered trauma similar to someone who'd been raped in real life. Uh, senior official uh, uh, familiar with the case said there's emotional and psychological impact on the victim that is long term uh, and is longer term than any physical injury she could have sustained. So she's playing this virtual reality game. This girl who's under the age of 16 at home with a headset on got the headset on virtual reality Yep. and her virtual reality character Mm -hmm. is raped. And now there are people wanting the people that virtually assaulted her character to be charged like it's a real rape. Correct. I can't get with this. That's hard to imagine, isn't it? I'm sorry. Like, I'm 
I get that it's probably not something good for her mental well-being, but you can't charge somebody with a physical crime, can you, if there's no physical crime? I mean, it's to the point that you said uh, before the show started. At what point in time are people responsible for the emotions they trigger inside of us? If I go see a movie, let's say I'm a, I'm a previous victim of a sexual assault, and I watch a movie that features a sexual assault, am I now allowed to sue the company for the feelings that it gives me? Right. There's an episode of The Sopranos, for those who watched The Sopranos, where... Tony's therapist is raped on the show and they show, I mean, it's a pretty graphic breakdown. Like it's uncomfortable watching it on the show, but it's fake. It's acting. It's actors hired to play a part. Do you get to sue them or sue HBO or the filmmakers because it brought back bad memories? It showed you sexual assault? I mean, it's a slippery slope of where we're going. Something here. tells me in the next five or ten years, we will have an answer to that question right there. That, that will come up eventually. More legal stuff. A woman is suing Hershey's for false advertising because she says those little... Reese's peanut butter cups that come out around Halloween that show a pumpkin on it. Well, on the wrapper, it shows like eyes in a pumpkin mouth. But when you open up the actual packaging, it's just a Reese's peanut butter cup kind of shaped like a pumpkin. She is suing for $5 billion and false advertising saying that the wrapping, the packaging leads people to think there should be a pumpkin eye and mouth. There's nothing more American than that. Just an old-ass, frivolous <laughs> lawsuit. <laughs> They're also claiming that the uh, Christmas... Reese's peanut butter cups are a part of this lawsuit because they're not actually shaped like a tree and the snowman doesn't have faces on it. As if we don't have more important things to worry about than this. Like, I'm usually not team judge, but I hope the judge throws this case out quickly. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel. You believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! Happy New Year, my friends. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nige is out. It's his son's birthday, so they are doing water slides at Great Wolf Lodge, which means we go to the bullpen and we bring in the closer. We bring in Jerry freaking Lopez, Indy Spanglish on social media. Happy New Year, my friend. Hey, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's amazing how fast the year goes. <laughs> right? I heard uh, Jake Query, who's on our sports station, say this earlier, and I think this is brilliant. Now that we've all made it to January 2nd of 2024, if you get fired today, you can still put 2024 on your resume. I worked with this company from 2009 to 2024. You made it here. Great point by Jake uh, earlier today. All right. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being, eh, I don't care, and 10 being, hot damn, let's go, we're tailgating, how interested are you in the names coming out for Jeffrey Epstein's list? Ten with zero expectations. Really? Yeah. Full I want to see the names, but I know nothing's going to happen. See, that's the thing. That's exactly the thing. I'm with you. I want to see who's involved. But I've got this bad feeling we're all going to be just let down. Like, whenever the list does come out, if it does come out, it's going to be redacted to hell. Not all names will be on it, and everybody's going to be left feeling like, 
Well, that was a big letdown. So I did see something that made me even more interested in it. So we know the big names, right? Whether it's Prince Andrew or, or Bill Gates or Bill Clinton or any of these other people. But what about the CEO of the one-off company that nobody even thinks about? Right. That's the guy that's worried. And I'm more interested in who's an official client than who was on the plane. Right now, if you've got 20, 30, 50 trips to Pedo Island, okay, I think we know what's going on here. But what about the guy that has one trip down there and nothing else? Because he's going to come out and say, I didn't know what it was like. You know, we knew Jeffrey. We did business. He said, come to the island. I got down there and said, oh, my God, I want to leave. Because sometimes things don't always look like they are. Now, I, I'm not trying to carry the water for anybody that's associating with Jeffrey Epstein, but here's an example. This is what I'm talking about. The year that the Colts played the Saints in the Super Bowl, 2009, I went down to Miami, and I'm covering the game for uh, WXNT, radio station I was working with at the time. Went down there, and we broadcast live. Subway was a sponsor, so we went to a Subway party You know, the week of the Super Bowl. Jared from Subway was there. So I've got a picture of me and Jared from Subway somewhere. And this is long before any of the creeper stuff came out. So, you know, ultimately, when I run for president one day, someone's going to find the picture (laughs) of me and Jared. But it's not like that. See, that's what I'm concerned about with this whole Epstein stuff. Yeah. And and. And we're going to get names, but to your point, nothing's going to happen. And and honestly, what could happen? I mean, we're talking about heads of state. We're talking about heads of big banks. We're talking about royalty. This has the capacity to, to shut down global governments. And these they're, are big allegations. They're here. not going to let that happen. They're not letting that happen. We're not talking about he said, she said no. stuff. When you're calling someone a pedophile, yeah. boy, you better be right. Can't come back from that. Right. Um Now, let's jump back in the old hot tub time machine here. Let's go back to 2015, because we keep hearing, you know, Donald Trump. Did he go there? Did he not go there? He was asked in a town hall. I think Sean Hannity was the moderator about Bill Clinton. And this was Trump back in 2015. Uh, Bill Clinton. Nice guy. Uh, Got a lot of problems coming up, in my opinion, with the famous island with Jeffrey Epstein. A lot of problems. And we've all seen the picture online of Donald Trump with his hand around Jeffrey Epstein. Now, Donald Trump claims once he learned what was going on, he wanted nothing to do with him. But I will make this perfectly clear. If anybody can link, whether it's Donald Trump, Bill Clinton, whoever, Republican, Democrat, I don't care. If you are linked to doing the horrific things on that island you're dead to me. Yeah, you should be in jail immediately. If there's if there if if there is any hope for this country, you should be in jail immediately. I don't care who you are. And what's frustrating is now we're all talking about this. But this should have been a talking point years ago. And there was a reporter, Amy Robach. Now she was with ABC at the time. Recently, she's the one that came out because she's now dating her former co-anchor, but She had the scoop on the Epstein pedo Island story and the bosses at ABC made her squash it. She got caught on a hot mic talking about it. I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. 
Um, first of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. Um, then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. Um, we were so afraid we wouldn't be able to interview Kate I and Will say, oh, that we that also quashed the story. And then, um, and then Alan Dershowitz was also implicated in because of the planes. She told me everything. She had pictures. She had everything. She was in hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton. We had everything. And the context of what you're hearing is this is the host, Amy Robach, standing there waiting to uh, come back on the air. And she's just talking about the story that she wasn't allowed to do. But somebody back in the control room was still recording and the mic was still up. And the story this young lady could have done would have been amazing. I, I tried for three years to get it on to no avail, and now it's all coming out, and it's like these new revelations, and I freaking had all of it. I, I, I'm just so pissed right now. Like, every day I get more and more pissed because I'm just like, oh, my God. We, it was, um, what, what we had was unreal. Other women backing it up. Brad Edwards, the attorney, three years ago, saying, like, Aunt, like we, there will come a day when we will realize Jeffrey Epstein was the most prolific pedophile this country has ever known. And I had it all three years ago. And imagine ABC bosses putting the squash on that. I mean, they're protecting a pedophile. Right, right. It doesn't get much worse than that. And Amy, to her credit, sounded like she had her ducks in a row. She had eyewitnesses. She had pictures. It wasn't he said, she said. She came with receipts and was still told, you are not doing that story on ABC News. Uh, Clock is ticking 13 days until the Iowa caucus. And things are starting to heat up in Iowa. Donald Trump has agreed to do a town hall with Fox News, January 10th. Now, if that date sounds familiar, Jerry, that's the same night that CNN is doing this half-assed debate, but it's really just DeSantis and Nikki Haley. Like, Ramaswamy didn't qualify for it, and he was ripping CNN on Twitter, saying he wouldn't have participated anyway. I don't know if that's true or not, but it sounds like they just wanted DeSantis and Haley. They're getting it, but at the same time on Fox, it's going to be Brett Baer and Martha McCallum doing a town hall with Donald Trump. It's amazing to me how they're trying to prop up Nikki Haley, and this has been this has been the case for probably the past month, month and a half, where they've almost given up on DeSantis being the one to replace Trump, and now they're really pushing Nikki Haley. Yeah, and I don't get it. Like, there's people that want Donald Trump to hitch his wagon to Nikki Haley as his running mate. Now, let's be honest. We always make a big deal about who the running mate is, and it never matters. I mean, it literally never matters. Only once or twice in the history of this country, you know, in recent memory, has it mattered. But Nikki Haley? Good old-fashioned, war-loving, sell-it-out Nikki Haley? Really? Give me Vivek and Trump on a ticket. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Boy, that's a lot of heat. Give me Vivek. I, 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 call, uh, I call Vivek, he's the, uh, the Indian Obama with Trump swag. <laughs> I've heard that. Does he need a woman, though? No. Like no, Christy, he needs, no the, be- he needs the best person. That's what he needs. Conservatives don't do identity politics. We go off of what you can do. And I don't think Nikki Haley is the one. And honestly, if Nikki Haley makes Trump more palatable, that's an issue. 
just keep hearing all those Nikki Haley rumors. Christy Nome's name is out there. And you're right. For a political party that claims they hate identity politics, they sure are pushing it onto Donald Trump. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Emma and Nigel presents... Is... It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Rock and roll. And this is how we are going to do Is This Anything? Here in just a moment, I'm going to run some stories... By Jerry Lopez, Indy Spanglish. He's filling in for Nides today. He is going to be the one that breaks down all the information and gives you a verdict on whether or not the story is anything or not. You ready? Ready. Let's do it. Is this anything? Former President Donald Trump had a big party at Mar-a-Lago to uh, ring in the new year. A lot of VIPs were there. And the entertainment was none other than Vanilla Ice. Jerry, I defer to you. Ringing in the new year with Donald Trump and Vanilla Ice. Is this anything? All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Trump is back with a brand new election. Oh, look at that. <laughs> look at that. Is this anything? Nah. It's, uh, you know, it's oh, a blast from the past. Like, now this is music six. You know, I think <laughs> I'll pass. But, he, you know, good for him. Good for him. Listen, I'm going to disagree with you. I think it's something. You're going to tell me that if you walk into a party and Vanilla Ice is on the stage and he's doing Ice Ice Baby, you're not going to get out there and act like it's uh, like 1993 now all I'm gonna, over again? I'm going to feel old as what I'm going to feel. <laughs> Allison, does this do anything for you? You're the youngest one in this group here. You're going to a New Year's Eve party. You're promised live entertainment. You get there, and old Robbie Van Winkle, <laughs> Vanilla Ice, is up there doing his thing. I mean, especially considering he did his uh, his biggest hit. Yes. So I think it is something. Yeah. Well, that'd be a letdown if he didn't do Ice well, Ice. Right? He does all the quote-unquote new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he does the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle rap right. and play that funky music remake, <laughs> but he doesn't do Ice Ice Baby. Then it'd be a bad party. <laughs> so I'm against Jerry on this one. Vanilla Ice, if you're listening, invite me to a party. <laughs> I'll be up there with the white man overbite doing my thing. Is this anything? Democrat Senator Chris Murphy says he wants a four-day work week because it will help solve loneliness. We talk about loneliness. Part of the policy is social media regulation, but it's also free time and leisure time, right? Uh, giving people the space where they can go join a church or a social club. It's a, uh, about um, connection. Yeah, you want a four-day work week. I want a four-day work week. I want more functional third places, right? I want more community pools, and I want more vibrant churches. 
Found anything? I mean, I think it's ridiculous. Most people do most of their socializing during the week while they're at work, right? So, <laughs> That's a, true. as somebody who worked from home, I was super lonely. And his reasoning being, there's more time to go to church. While I appreciate that, and I'm someone who believes in God, I pray to God every day. I have been blessed by an angel for the things that have happened to me in my life. I don't think too many people are going, hey, baby, it's a three-day weekend. Hot damn, get the Bible. We're going to church now. We can go early. Let's go. No, we're not going to Vegas. We're not going to Nashville. We're not going to Miami. We are going to church. Woo! Let's go. That's not happening, is it? No, no, no. And you have the opportunity to go to church every day of the week if you wanted to. So I That's don't true. Think, I don't think a four-day work week would change that. I saw this last night. Is this anything? ESPN has apologized after showing some footage of a woman flashing her boobs for beads on Bourbon Street yesterday. So they're showing the Sugar Bowl. It's Washington against Texas. The game's being played in New Orleans. They're coming, you know, back from a commercial and what's known as B-roll footage, just stock footage playing in the background where they talk about sponsors. They've got a camera on Bourbon Street and this chick lifts up, lifts down her shirt rather, pulls it down to whip out a can as somebody throws beads down to her. ESPN has apologized. Is this anything? Uh, what was ESPN thinking by putting a camera on Bourbon Street during the, all the, Isn't That is what happens on Bourbon Street. Right. What did they expect? And I've got some friends that go down there all the time. I went and looked for this after you posted it, as a matter <laughs> of fact. And, and it wasn't very obvious. You had to kind of find who this chick was. Obviously, people called in and complained, but I don't know what they expected to happen. My buddy, and I'm not going to say his name, he goes down to Bourbon Street every year. Like, he loves it. Gets into the whole Mardi Gras thing. He texted me and said, I knew that was going to happen because I know that location. Anybody that's familiar with Bourbon Street, that's the area where you're up on the balcony and you throw down the beads. And this woman's looking up and she pulls her shirt down, pops out a can, and ESPN broadcasts that. One day into the new year, and ESPN's putting cans out there on the screen. Um, They have issued an apology, however. Before it gets taken down, if you want to see it, I had to rewind the DVR last <laughs> night. Uh, go to our Twitter, at Hammer and Nigel, and uh, it's quick. It's pretty quick, but you'll have to check it out for yourself. Is this anything? USA Boxing is now allowing transgender boxers to compete against women. This is dangerous. This is very dangerous. Uh, This has never happened before, but there has been hand-to-hand combat that has allowed transgender uh, people to compete against females, and it happened in MMA in 2014, and that biological female ended up with her skull busted open. She needed seven staples, a bunch of stitches, never got to fight again, and that... The biological male uh, was cheering and jumping around after the fight like it had accomplished something. When's it going to stop? Somebody's going to have to die in the ring, unfortunately. That's the thing, right? If a woman gets killed by a dude who's pretending to be a woman, is that going to be the point where we say, maybe this is a bad idea? I mean, this is horrific. Somebody is really going to get hurt, punished, 
killed if this continues. But yet I hear nothing. Where are all the womenists? Where are all yeah. the feminists? Yeah. This should be like on a platter for these folks. There's nothing more that supports the patriarchy than allowing a guy to say he's a woman and then beat up a woman. Unbelievable. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel show. Happy 2024. Jason Hammer here. Nigel is out. Jerry Lopez filling in. You can find him on social media at Indie Spanglish. Right now, let's go to the hotline. Bring on Indiana State Senator Aaron Freeman. Mr. Senator, how are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you guys. Thanks for having me. I'm a big fan of the show. Well, thank you. Much, much appreciated there. Um, let's get into the blue line. Hearing a lot of chatter about the blue line, the bastard offspring of the red line here in Central Indy. You've been fighting against adding this blue line for a number of years, and it sounds like you're going to have to fight it again this year. What's going on? Yeah, Hammer, uh, I want to... You know, this is the most unnecessary fight that we have almost every year. Um, there's there's two options here. Well, really three, but there's two options that Indigo could choose. One, there's all kinds of federal money for what is called dedicated lanes. So what Indigo's proposal is, they want to take Washington Street from Hancock County to Hendricks County. That is two lanes each direction right now with a turn lane in the middle. They want to eliminate the turn lane for bus stations. And they want to take one lane each direction for buses and turn Washington Street into a one-lane road from Hancock County to Hendricks County. And they're getting federal funds to do that. I mean, this is a federal initiative. These are federal dollars, a lot of them. Um, and they will not bid. There is a, a, uh, an amount of money of also available for shared lanes. You don't have a bus station in the middle. You allow buses and cars to share Washington Street. And Washington Street is two lanes each direction, and you still have a bus service. So, you know, you, you start hearing all of the people talking about, we want to kill the blue line. No, we want to kill dedicated lanes. We do not want to kill transit. We do not want to kill the bus service. We want to eliminate this astronomically dumb idea of dedicated lanes. Hey, hey uh, Mr. Senator, if we dedicate a lane just to buses, what's that going to do to congestion? Yeah, well, I've been hit, you know, for this. Look, and I've said, you know, look, I'm a dumb lawyer in my life, right? I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not a transit expert. I don't do urban planning for a living. But I don't think anybody needs any kind of hell high school degree, let alone an advanced degree, to know what to take one lane of Washington Street each direction and a turn lane in the middle away is going to do to traffic. Look, I, I'm, I've said it many times. I'll say it again. This is a, an effort uh, by generally the left. Uh, they don't like the internal combustion engine. They want to so screw up. Tra- and, no, and look, let's be honest, right? The ridership of the red line, we'll see what it's like on the purple line. But this has never panned out the way we were told this going into a referendum of 2016. And by the way, for the people that say, oh, well, the referendum passed 60-40 and, you know, why would you undo the will of the voters? The, the whole issue of dedicated lanes was never on the ballot. And I will show you the language of the referendum in 16. I was on the city council on the municipal corporations committee at the time. I can tell you nobody was talking about taking away lanes of travel, uh, you know, for a, for a topic like this, for a bus system. So 
look, all for a bus system, all for transit, for people that need it, low-income folks and people that use it, absolutely necessary. That's good. But we don't need this unnecessary stuff of taking away lanes of travel. And then add to that, you know, we've, we've put up no turn on red steins, you know, at almost every intersection in the mile square. No wonder people are sitting listening to you. Maybe it's a WIBC thing to get everybody <laughs> to listen to the radio more because I, I don't know. I mean, it. It just makes no sense from a traffic congestion standpoint. Ed, traffic aside, what's this going to do for some businesses on Washington Street? Because I've seen what's happened to Broad Ripple, and that's just with regular construction. Uh, we've spoke to you know Union Jacks and a number of folks that say the construction projects, which always take way longer than anticipated, are crippling their businesses. What's going to happen on Washington Street? Yeah, so look, I've I've had this issue out of the Senate two or three times in the past couple of years. Uh, we've hit a roadblock in the House of Representatives. Um, I, I was very grateful that the Speaker agreed uh, at my urging. Uh, he's probably sick of taking my calls and my texts, but um, he, he took a meeting, and I was grateful he did it. We had about 15 people in this meeting. Uh, we organized people from Irvington and, and up and down uh, East Washington Street to talk about, and again, not a person in that meeting said, oh, yeah, let's do away with transit. Oh, yeah, let's do away with the blue line. Not one person said that. Everybody, however, said, let's do away with dedicated lanes because it's really going to cripple my business. It's going to, I mean, the construction of this uh, hammer, to your question, is going to just be awful. Uh, Nobody's going to be able to use the road and get to those businesses. And then when it's over, I mean, yeah, you've slowed down traffic. Yes, you've backed traffic up. Yes, it's going to take a heck of a lot longer to get from point A to point B in the name of uh, bus rapid transit, which is unnecessary in the city of Indianapolis. And that's the thing, right? Like, we can sit here and act like Indianapolis is on the same level as Chicago and New York and Los Angeles. But we're not. We host conventions better than those places. But when it comes to mass transportation, Indianapolis just isn't like those other cities. Yeah, well, we need a bus service. I mean, Hammer, we need we need one. And and nobody's going to get be fair, right? I mean, for for the love of God, don't go on social media and see what people say about me when this topic comes up, right? I mean, <laughs> now I'll note most of those people are from out of state or don't live in Indianapolis, but. Um, the people that comment just are not capable of having an adult conversation. I, I, all I'm saying is go get all the federal money you want. Go chase whatever thing you want. Just do shared lanes. And that money is available. That That's available to you. Indigo will not do it. They are solely focused on dedicated lanes. And, for again, that is why this is an unnecessary argument we have every year. But I'm very confident uh, this year, I think we're, we're where we need to be. And I think people see it from the, quote, Build Back Better program. I mean, a lot of these things are being shoved down our throat from the federal government. I, for one, am going to stand in the middle of the road and shout to the heavens and tell people this is the wrong way to go. I mean, for all the money that we've spent on this project, you could divide by the population of Marion County and give everybody Uber money, for God's sakes than what we're currently doing with this. It makes no sense. State Senator Aaron Freeman is our guest. Last thing here before we let you go, Senator, what's been the response of your colleagues, both the Republican and on the other side of the aisle, when you tell them, hey, I'm not against a bus service, but this plan here stinks? 
Yeah, I think what your listeners need to know is this. I mean, it, look, I love serving in the legislature, and it is a, a battle every day, and it is a challenge because there it, there is, among my colleagues, Indianapolis fatigue, right? I mean, they serve very good parts of the state. They come down here, and then they hear Indianapolis this and Indianapolis that. And getting them to focus on something like this is really a challenge to be polite for a, for a friendly radio conversation. I'll have something else with you later. But, guys, what you need to know, and I, I hate to sound like Paul Harvey here and tell you the rest of the story, but it was the legislature that allowed this. So back in 2015, the legislature allowed Indigo to pursue this through a referendum uh, so the without the legislature ever doing this, this would never have happened. So the but the legislature in doing this said the Indigo would have to raise 25 percent of their fares from the fare box, meaning people that use the service. And let's just be honest, they're nowhere close, nowhere close to 25 percent. The law also required them to, to raise 10 percent through private donation, so philanthropic donation. Again, they're nowhere close, and they're not going to be. Now, they'll tell you they are because they use federal grants and federal funds in that, which the two things are not anywhere close to being related. Federal funds are not private donations. So they're nowhere close to the handshake agreement that they had with the state of Indiana back in the day. But look, if you had until 7 o'clock, we could talk about this, and I'd be happy to talk about this with you until 7 o'clock. Just know that you know, so, so be it. You're never going to get 25% from the fare box. You're never going to get 10% privately. You're going to be heavily dependent on tax dollars uh, and grants. All we're asking you to do is not eliminate lanes of travel uh, for the commuting public. I don't think that's radical. I don't think that's crazy. I think that's an 80-20 issue for most people when you ask them the, the, the question. Uh, I wish Indigo would work with us in a good faith way to do that, but they don't seem like they want to. Senator, you serve the southeast portion of Marion County, which includes Beach Grove. Last question, when am I going to get a statue? Like you, It seems like you're the kind of guy that can make that happen. When am I going to get a statue in Beach Grove? Boy, I tell you, um, you know, <laughs> the deadline to file bills just passed. Gosh darn it, we'll have to talk about that next year, Amber. Done. Done deal. Uh, <laughs> State Senator Aaron Freeman. Senator, thank you so much. Happy New Year. Guys, thanks for the opportunity. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Show. Coming up a little bit after 5 o'clock, update on the first homicide of the year, a double homicide. Kind of a bizarre story. We'll get you up to date on that. Plus, I'll have an update on the new and improved Hammer and Nigel Show merch store. 
That's coming up a little bit after 5 o'clock. I'm Jason Hammer, Jerry Lopez, filling in for Big Nige today. Did you have a good New Year celebration? What'd you do? Uh, I literally just sat at home and did nothing, set my alarm for 12 so I could wake up and uh, watch the ball drop. <laughs> Old guy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Naps. Waking up. <laughs> Old guy stuff. I made it up, man. There were some moments where I got a little tired, but I, I'm kind of a night owl anyway. I'm usually up to about 1 in the morning anyway, but uh, I made it till 2 a.m. from New Year's Eve to New Year's Day. I was trying to stay up until 3 because I wanted to see Las Vegas and their fireworks celebration. I had a stream, but the booze kicked in at that point and uh, didn't quite make it. But whatever you did, thank you so much for coming back, joining us here. It's going to be a wild year. Here at 93 WIBC, we are just a couple weeks away from the Iowa caucus and then New Hampshire and then, baby, we are off and running. So WIBC, specifically our afternoon show, we are going to be the place that you need to come to every afternoon starting at three o'clock. And I mean, we've already got action. Donald Trump has been kicked off the ballot in Colorado and now in Maine, Jerry. It's 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 absurd to see what's happening around the country. They just would rather him not even be an option for voters. I think they are so scared of him winning, they don't even want us to have the choice. And what's wild is all the things that the political left says about Donald Trump. He wants to be a dictator. He wants to go after his political rivals. They're doing it all. Like, everything they accuse Donald Trump of... They do, and it's in your face, and it's got the support of about 90% of the national media, and they're almost like dropping the mic, throwing their hands up at you. What are you going to do about it? Right, and and the part they really think about is they're using, what, the 14th Amendment when he's never been charged nor found guilty of being an insurrectionist. Whether you agree with or don't agree or whatever you feel about J6, that's up to you and up for debate. But as far as the law is written, he did not break that law that, would, that was used back in the Civil War to keep Confederate, you know, insurrectionist from from running for governor or running for government and he's not been convicted of anything yet like you can charge anybody like any lawyer will tell you when they're getting trained and they're coming up through the ranks you know you can charge a sandwich with something can you convict it hasn't been convicted of anything yet but kicked off the ballot in maine kicked off the ballot in colorado and now the supreme court's going to step in and if they're being honest that should be a unanimous vote to say cut the crap here but we'll see what happens with the supreme court uh go back to new year's eve i watched two netflix specials again that's kind of the night it was at my house right my wife and I, we made some drinks. We got some food. My youngest son had some buddies out in their room, and they're playing video games and being idiots. Um, my young, my oldest son had like a party down at his house. But I watched the Ricky Gervais special, and I watched the new Dave Chappelle special. Have you seen any of these I yet? saw the Dave Chappelle special. Hilarious. I did not know that Ricky Gervais had one, so I will watch that tonight. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think they're number one and number two on Netflix most watched so far this year. They've only been out a couple days. Yeah, I think uh, Chappelle dropped Sunday. I'm telling you, 
The Chappelle one is hilarious. I was a little let down by Ricky Gervais. I got to be honest. Now, it's highly inappropriate. So if you've got a sick, twisted sense of humor like I've got, you'll enjoy it. And both specials are pretty short. They're less than an hour. But, uh, man, the Chappelle show comes right out of the gate Andy Kaufman? The Andy Kaufman, (laughs) Jim Carrey story. I'm going to play a soundbite here. Now, spoiler, if you haven't seen it yet, you might want to turn your radio down. But this is like the first joke coming right out of the gate. Now, if you know anything at all about Dave Chappelle, he's had some controversy with the trans community. So he's talking about this time that he really wanted to meet Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. And this was when Jim Carrey was making the Andy Kaufman movie, Man on the Moon. And if you remember, Jim Carrey's one of those method actors where even when you're not recording, he stays in character all the time. Take a listen. In the movie, it was called Man on the Moon. I didn't know any of this. And in this movie, Jim Carrey was playing another comedian I admired, the late, great Andy Kaufman. Yes, and Jim Carrey was so immersed in that role that from the moment he woke up to the time he went to bed at night, he would live his life as Andy Kaufman. I didn't know that. When they said cut, it was still Andy Kaufman. So much so that everybody on the crew called him Andy. I didn't know any of that. I just went there to meet him, and when he walked into the room where we were supposed to meet, I screamed, Jim Carrey! And everyone said, no! And then he came over and he was acting weird. I didn't know he was acting like Andy Kaufman. He's just like, hey, how you doing? And I was like, hello. <laughs> Andy? But as it was happening, I was very disappointed. <laughs> because I wanted to meet Jim Carrey. And I had to pretend this was Andy Kaufman. <laughs> all afternoon. And he was clearly Jim Carrey. I could look at him and I could see he was Jim Carrey. Anyway, I say all that to say, that's how trans people make me feel. So he brings it all together there at the very end. Again, if you've got the time, watch the Chappelle special and the Ricky Gervais special on Netflix. I like Chappelle better than the Ricky Gervais one, but Ricky Gervais put out a tweet earlier today saying that he and Chappelle should host the Oscars together. Hot damn, if they could pull that off, I'll actually sit down and watch an award show for the first time in a long time. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. And Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock Good to be back with you. Missed all you degenerates. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nige is out. 
It's his son's birthday, so I think they're doing some water sliding down at Great Wolf Lodge. He'll be back tomorrow. Jerry Lopez, Indy Spanglish on social media, filling in. Thank you so much for filling in for me while I was gone, taking the mandatory vacation. Hey, it's been an absolute blast to come here and get to spend time with uh, with Nige, with you, with Brad, with all the various various people here in the office. It's been, it's been an absolute honor for sure. I say mandatory vacation. It makes it sound like I got suspended, which is not the case. Um, <laughs> I don't think it was anyway. It's use it or lose it vacation time. Nige, as you know, takes a lot of it through the year. And then he doubles down by taking a good six, seven weeks of sick time on top of that. So I, on the other hand, took a few vacations through the year and I was backloaded at the end. Same thing with Rob Kendall. We didn't want to just give our vacation time to the company. So we took off basically the entire month of December. And I got to be honest, I missed you guys. I missed Allison. I missed being around here. Nigel, not so much, but I missed pretty much everybody else. (laughs) Joking aside, good to be back. And man, already three homicides deep for Indianapolis in 2024. But this one involving the member of the fire department, the off-duty member of the fire department, the double homicide, this story's got some layers to it. Yeah, this, there's going to be a lot of more information that comes out, and it feels like uh, when we started the day, it made no sense. And the more information that comes out, it makes even less sense. So we need to just wait and see what's going to happen. Um, but but this is this is going to be a deep dive and a lot of a lot of spider webs here. So what happened was around six in the morning on New Year's Day, police responded to what looked to be a carjacking. Two people shot dead inside of a vehicle. Well, as more information comes out, and an arrest has been made, by the way, it turns out that the suspect, the alleged shooter was the brother of the deceased driver, the off-duty fireman. And there was another woman in the car, was not his wife, but there was another woman in the car. She's dead as well. Now, the shooter slash brother is now claiming that he was picked up at the party with the woman. They were in the back seat and sometime between there and the very end, he thought he was being carjacked and put about eight shots into the driver and multiple shots into the female passenger, and an arrest has been made. Well, and and the other part of this is, if you thought you were being carjacked and you defended yourself in a carjacking and had to disable the, the two people that you thought were carjacking you, wouldn't you sit around and wait for the police to show up? The community had to help find the lead shooter. Right. Now, I'm looking at uh, RTV6. They were the first one that had this information. Um, The victim, the off-duty firefighter, picked up his brother and the woman earlier that night. And according to the IMPD, the suspect slash shooter, which was also the brother, told police he believed he was being carjacked. And that's the reason he shot them multiple times. Something's not adding up here. There's a lot more to this story, and I'm hoping we find out the real story here soon because the victims deserve the truth to be out there. Now, we talked about this earlier. It does not make you a horrible person to be somewhat glad this wasn't just a random attack because I think there's a big difference between 
a brother shooting a brother, kind of a domestic type of situation, targeted type of situation, as opposed to a community having fear all over it, thinking some lunatics out there just shooting people at random when they pull up to stoplights. Definitely, definitely. And that was my fear. When, when initially they said, what, it was a car accident. And then they showed up and they said, oh, both these people had been shot. And then from there, it was like, well, where's the suspect at? And at this point, what, at five in the morning, is somebody driving around Indianapolis at five in the morning just shooting people and driving down the street? Right. Don't know if it's like that old D.C. sniper right. situation from about 20 years ago or what. But again, sounds like this was some sort of connected domestic type of situation. Uh, turning our attention to what's happening at the border. Man, some of these numbers from December, these are eye-openers here. I mean, you should have had your eyes open already, but man, more illegal immigrants crossed the southern border in December than any month in United States history. CBP sources tell Fox that December finished with 302,000 migrant encounters, the highest single month ever recorded, and the first time hitting 300 grand. Now, your White House press secretary, Corinne Jean Pierre, ha ha ha, she jumped on CNN this morning and basically said, now, there's nothing to see here. Now, what we hope is that when Congress gets back, we'll be able to act and get these things moving forward so we can deal with this issue. We've been in touch with some of those mayors that you talked about, governors uh, in, in northern in northern part of the country, on dealing with the issue that they're dealing with on the ground. And we have provided us resources to them, and we're going to continue to have those conversations. But again, Congress needs to act. The president took this very seriously on day one. The president took this very seriously from day one, Jerry. You know, the, the, the part that I really want people to, to keep in mind is that was encounters. That does not include the amount of people that just got past Border Patrol. Right. That's even that's even larger number. Like now when you hear there's a big caravan coming, it could be six to 8,000 people. People shrug their shoulders at it. Yeah. Oh, that's all? I think we did 12K in one day last week. Right. That's how bad it is. And honestly, they're losing Democrat support because Somebody of please let Jesse Brown know they are not coming here because America sucks. <laughs> right. All right. These are people that are escaping socialism to come to America. Meanwhile, ha 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 says that it's shameful that governors like Greg Abbott are seeing their state overran by these migrants and shipping them to self-admitted sanctuary cities. It is shameful that a Republican governor, Governor Abbott in Texas, is using migrants uh, as a political stunt. That's what he's been doing. So you're referring the to the busing of migrants to northern uh, cities. Absolutely. And the, 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 the busing of migrants, the putting them on flights, it is shameful that that is occurring. And instead of if the governor really, truly wants to deal with this issue, he should talk to uh, the senators in his state. It, it, but he's giving the governors what they wanted. The mayors wanted this. They they asked for this, right? The right. Mayor Adams of New York actually put down, or New York City, actually put billboards in Florida saying that, please come to New York City. We will always be a home for, for you. Right. And then they showed up. The left hates it when you use their own words against them. That's why they hate the libs of TikTok account so much, because 
their own words are used against them and it drives them crazy. So again, put this in context here. Let's say I'm somebody that lives in Mexico and I really love ice cream. And New York City says, if you come to the United States, all the ice cream you can handle. Well, hot damn, I'm going to try to get to New York City. But then when you get there, they're trying to tell you, sorry, no ice cream. You have to go back. That sucks. Well, Texas says, hey, we don't have ice cream here, but we'll send you to a place that will give you all the ice cream in the world. They've admitted it. They love it. They're sitting on a surplus of ice cream. I don't think this would be an issue if we could give it, if if they could find a way to give all of these people amnesty. If they could vote, New York City would take as many as they could handle. 100%. And don't think they're not trying. <laughs> they're doing everything in their power. And it starts with driver's license. It then goes to insurance. We'll get into that with what California's oh. already got on the books. It's coming. They're trying every single loophole possible to get ballots in the hands of these people. Uh, the Harvard president, Claudine Gay, resigning in disgrace after late last night, more allegations of plagiarism coming out. So whether it was the folksy anti-Semitism that she was spewing about Jewish students on campus or the fact she's just a total fraud, she's now going to be resigning at Harvard, Jerry. And she has resigned. I think they just named an interim president uh, who's the head of a whole bunch of boards and and various things. But this has been a mess from the jump, whether it's her her anti-Israel pro-Hamas stance, whether it's all the plagiarism. I mean, I think the thing that we're learning, even, even Joe Biden, he's a plagiarist in chief as well none of these people have original thoughts and it seems like it's just all about being you know reiterating and, and re-spewing whatever the club says i'm not trying to say this to be mean i'm really not because lord knows i don't get confused for brad pitt all the time but you can't tell me that woman doesn't look like steve urkel <laughs> you look at claudine gay of harvard side by side next to steve urkel from family matters as the crazy plain lady would say, I am telling you right now, they're the same person. <laughs> and I know, again, you could say I look like whatever you want. I'm waiting for Steve Buscemi. I'm waiting for Clint Howard. Bring it. But that woman looks like Steve Urkel. Get a good feeling, yeah. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Before we do a little collar roulette, Big news. We're excited for this. The Hammer and Nigel Show merch store. The gear, it's back. Now, we hit a little snag late last year. I wasn't happy with the supplier. They screwed up some orders, lost a few orders, so we fired those people. We've got a new group, and the website looks better, store.hammerandnigel.com. I've got it linked on our Facebook and Twitter right now. Don't type in the WWWs. It just makes it wonky. Store.hammerandnigel.com. Get your Hammer and Nigel Show gear for 2024. And we've got new items. By popular demand, we have Is This Anything shirts. There's an Is This Anything shirt that features an arrow pointing to your face and an Is This Anything shirt with an arrow pointing to your family jewels. You can get that. 
We've got a new lewd nude dude in the news shirt by popular demand. Allison, you were just looking at the uh, the merch store. What catches your eye? I really like the lewd nude dude shirt. It's great. <laughs> it's so good. So you can buy your gear now. We've got sweatshirts, t-shirts, pint glasses, baseball hats, yeah. hoodies, all that kind of stuff. Get your Hammer and Nigel Show gear. New and improved merch store, including the lewd new dude in the news, is this anything line, and still there, the I hate slash love Rob Kendall shirts. Make your purchases right now. Be 2024 ready. Just go to the store store.hammerandnigel.com All right, let's do a little roulette, shall we? And this is how it's going to work. If you're on hold right now, be quick. Anything goes within reason. Keep it radio clean. Whatever you want to talk about, Jerry and I will tackle. Jerry, you ready? I'm ready. Allison's over here stretching out, getting ready to hit that dump button in case she has to. Farmer Ryan, you're up first. What do you want to talk about? Hey, buddy, I'm so glad to hear your voice, and um, I love Spanglish. Um, he should be a regular on your show, even when Nigel does come to work. Um, <laughs> I want to let you guys know that my grandmother is a Roosevelt Democrat, and she promised me she would never vote again, but she's gearing up to vote again, so hang on to your hats, guys. These Democrats are going to come after whether they're alive or dead um, <laughs> after republicans uh she's 89 years old and she refuses to vote for republican but yeah she's just convinced that that we're on the right road all but, right um, hey guys love you keep up the good work have a good night love right you, Allison. thank you farmer ryan uh jacob you're up next what do you want to talk about jacob well, I just wanted to wish everybody a happy new year. Stay safe. Abe supports your police. And, uh, well, it's a crazy world out there. Boy, ain't that the truth. There you go. Uh, Kevin, call a roulette. What do you want to talk about, Kevin? Thank you. I want to bring some attention to something that very few people know about, but many people have. It's called aphantasia. What that means is, for example, if I ask you to picture a red square with your eyes closed or uh, the face of someone you love, most people can actually start seeing something with their eyes closed. People with aphantasia cannot. It affects your life tremendously, and you never even know it. Wow. I'm totally fascinated I, by I that. I learned something today. Yeah, that's awesome. Right. In between me pimping out the lewd new dude in the news t-shirts, we learned something today. Uh, Melissa, you are next up. Welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hey, thanks, guys. I just want to thank you both and this radio station for always keeping attention at the border. Because when you guys bring about it, I know I look like a crazy person going down the road getting feeling how I feel about with what you guys are talking about and I just want to thank you very much for always keeping the the air is open on the situation that's there because so many people don't get what a crisis it is and it's sad and they don't understand what it means what is happening and I just want to thank you both so much and Tony Katz and all you guys for always keeping that airwave open for that and keeping on telling everybody that people need to listen right on thank, thank you. you God bless you Melissa so we appreciate that. Yeah, we're honest around here. Sometimes you like it, sometimes you don't, but we'll tell you the facts of the story.
story. We'll give you our opinion on the story, but we're not around here making stuff up. And, right? it's, and it's not that we're anti-immigration either. I am 100% pro-immigration. I'm pro-immigration the right way, though. Andy, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. What do you want to talk about, Andy? Hey, guys. Good afternoon and Happy New Year. <clears throat> happy New okay. Year. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk about sweaty hands. A lot of times people have a condition called hyperhidrosis and they don't even know it. Uh, it's, a med- it's a medical condition where your hands just sweat involuntarily. Um, there's nothing that you can do to stop it, but there is a treatment option available. It's called endoscopic thoracic sympathotomy or sympathectomy. And what this involves is, is severing the nerve that leads from the brain to your hands that causes the involuntary sweating. So I had this condition and it was terrible. And I, once I had my hands treated, my hands don't sweat anymore and it's fantastic. So if you have sweaty hands and they are seemingly like, they just won't stop sweating for anything, just uh, have a look at um, this, um, the treatment called ESP. And okay. you wow. should be good to go. Thank you for that, Andy. Man, we got a lot of stuff being thrown at us here. Uh, Sean, what do you want to talk about, Sean? Uh, Yeah, I just want to say, hey, thank you very much. I love you. I've been listening to WIBC most of my life. I'm 45 years old, and I just want to say I absolutely appreciate the truth that you guys talk about every day because there ain't no lie in you. And um, I'm a EDC carrier for over 20 years and I'm you know there's nothing new that you haven't talked about but I'm sick of the crime you know I've lived in Indianapolis my whole life and I'm just sick of the crime and Mayor Hawkface that's what I call him his name is Mayor <laughs> Hawkface uh, yeah he, he wants to focus on education which there's nothing wrong with that uh, you know education equals smartness but he's got to he's got to get these guns and these criminals off the street and keep them there, like you guys always talk about. Got it. And you know, I'm just like it's bad when you know you're afraid to pump gas. Yeah, man, it's wild out there. You got to live your life. Got to go out and do stuff, but you got to keep that head on a swivel at the same time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. This isn't a surprise. I know she's bat crap crazy. I mean, Britney Spears is a few fries short of the Happy Meal. As you hear her music in the background, I still would. Oh, man, she looks like she has meth mouth now. I still she would. She looks horrible. It means something to me. Like, you see those commercials for the SEC conference, it just means more. <laughs> just because of young me having the opportunity, which I might have. Now you do. Now right? you do. <laughs> Although I do have a job, so I technically think I'm out of the running. You might be out of her league now, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I got a hall pass from the coupon lady just in case the situation ever presents itself. Okay. And I'm not saying she's the most attractive woman ever, because she's not. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she's not Kate Upton. She's not, you know, Halle Berry, Jennifer Aniston. It just would mean something for me. 
It's one of my hall passes. So there you go. And by the way, somebody asked on the YouTube chat, how's the coupon lady? My wife, Crystal Hammer. Man, we had a rough stretch in the last part of 23. Uh, she had to have a surgery where they removed some bad stuff from her. God is good. She's all right. And then her mom passed. So while she gets out of the hospital, she loses her mother, who is just like her best friend. So she's doing much better. Thank you so much for asking. Um, we're going to be going down to Nashville this Friday. So I'm actually pulling a Nigel, and I'm missing Friday. This is kind of the last week where everybody takes vacation time. Uh, the gift that I bought Crystal for the holidays was we're going to go down to Nashville, stay at a nice spa massage hotel, Ooh. and she gets to go crazy in the massage and spa place. Now, while she does that, I'll probably get drunk at one of the saloons on you know, Broadway. But she's got the multi-hour deal. So, again, I always love it when you guys ask about the family. We share our lives around here. How's the Spanglish family doing? Everybody's doing great. Well, uh, just happy the holidays are over. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of nice to get back into a routine again. It'll be even better when the kids go back to school. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That's coming. That is coming. All right. Because I was not very good at clock management. I was like Washington last night against Texas. <laughs> I was not good at clock management. Um, we ran out of time for two callers on caller roulette. So, New year. I'm going to be a little nice here. Normally, we would say call back next time, but I appreciate Ty and Greg for waiting. So, Ty, finish up Caller Roulette. What do you want to talk about? Is Alabama overrated, and who do you have for the national championship? Alabama was not overrated. You beat Georgia on a neutral field. You're not overrated. They got better as the year went on. Bama, at the beginning of the year, yes, Bama at the end, I think they lost to the better team. Yeah, they they, they lost because they uh, it, it almost came down to who had the ball last, and that goal line stand was great. Horrible low snap there to end the game that probably didn't make it easier. Plus, he tripped over his lineman's leg. So, I think Georgia would have won the championship if they were in the tournament, though. I had a future bet that I made a couple months back on Washington to win the whole thing. It was plus 400 odds. Wow. So, I'm rooting for Washington. I want Michael Penix to win it. But, man, I just think Michigan might just bully I thought Texas Washington would win around. that game. Now I, I, I'm a Washington believer. Washington's tough, man. But, boy, Michigan's so physical up front. Um, Greg, you get the last word here on Caller Roulette. What you got? Hey, I just had – I'm a lifelong Indy resident, resident. I was born and raised in Speedway. Um, am I the only one that's noticed that – the mayor of New York, he didn't get his house raided or his offices raided or any of that until he started raising the immigrant issue with the immigrants coming into his city. And I'd just like to talk about that. that. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. They did. They stopped him, took cell phones, raided offices, a whole bunch. And guess what we've heard after that? Nothing. Right. And that's kind of going back to the Jeffrey Epstein conversation as we wait for the, quote, list to drop. I think everybody's going to be let down. It's, it's almost like they let him know, hey, we could if we wanted to, and I'll get back in line. Right. Yeah, you're 100% right. Um, as it is 2024 now, some new laws across the country, just absolutely wild. Very left-leaning places doing left-leaning things. So on the books right now, in Illinois, 
This was effective as of yesterday. Illinois, they will be required to rent or sell property or residences to non-citizens and illegal migrants. On top of the new law, illegal aliens will also be allowed to obtain a driver's license. But you better submit your damn credit score if you're American. Right? <laughs> right? You right. don't qualify. So that's for the entire state of Illinois. Wow. Now, as for Chicago, their socialist mayor, Brandon Johnson, he's calling for reparations for <laughs> folks in Chicago that have been locked up in prison once they get out, he feels like they deserve reparations. In order for us to have a better, stronger, and safer Chicago, it really requires the full force of government. We have stood up an, an entire office dedicated to reentry. So individuals who are returning to our communities who have been incarcerated because of failed policies, uh, we'll have a welcoming space for them. I've added a, a half a million dollars for restoration and reparations to address, again, the cycle of violence, which looks like school closings, closing of mental health facilities, of which I've invested in now. And so in order for us to build a better, stronger, safer Chicago, it requires investments, and that's what this budget has done. If they invest in mental health facilities, what's going to happen to the Democratic voter base? Hi-oh! <laughs> I love, though, you could rob a liquor store at gunpoint, go serve your time, come out and get paid for it. It might be the way to go. <laughs> Meanwhile, somebody's been working you know, as a toll booth operator at that one McDonald's right there <laughs> that takes you into Chicago in between the highway. You don't get a dime. But the guy that you know has multiple felonies, served hard time, gets out. He's worthy of reparations. All right. Uh, more crazy laws kicking in this year in California. The most cash-strapped state in the country, California, they're going to ring in the new year by offering free health care to all undocumented immigrants who qualify for the state government's health insurance program, Jerry. And this went on the books starting yesterday. Yes. Yes. A state that's basically hurting for cash, ran by Gavin Newsom, is now in the business of just passing out health care to people who came in the country illegally. Now, remember, Obamacare said if you didn't have health care, you're going to be fined. <laughs> uh, California faces a $68 billion deficit in the next fiscal year, by the way. Uh, also, effective immediately in California, they will become the first state to offer free health care to all qualifying individuals. So... Even if you're somebody that has a long, lengthy criminal history from any country around the world, if you come to the United States, get into California and just say, I'm looking for a better life, Gavin Newsom feels like you should get everything you're asking for. Even though you may have bad intentions coming here, old greasy Gavin wants to take care of you. Um, in California, major retailers will be hit with a hefty fine if they do not begin selling gender-neutral children's toys in stores. The toys under the law include an item designated or intended by the manufacturer to facilitate sleep, relaxation, or the feeding of children to help children with teething or sucking. If gender is a social construct, then is gender-neutral really even a thing? So if you want to buy a teething ring... Say, for a boy. Can't come in blue. Can't come in blue. It's got to be neutral. Like what, tan? 
Are we doing just tan teething rings now? Tan pacifiers? Wow. When my uh, oldest was a baby, we had a Chicago Cubs pacifier for him. You know, we're Cubs fans. Because they suck too. <laughs> come on! <laughs> You're right. But come on! <laughs> I don't even know if you could do that now in California. Oh, that's too boy-like. We're going to wow. need to tone it down just a little bit. Uh, also... Surprise, surprise, in California, they will ban the sale of any gas-powered lawnmower, leaf blower, chainsaw, and yard See, I have a problem with this, Aaron. This is discriminatory towards Latinos. You are now asking us to buy electric stuff to do yard work? (laughs) I have a problem with this. Now, why does it got to be Latinos doing all the yard work, Jerry? That's our thing. That's our thing. You're taking ownership of it. And I'm telling you, I'm seeing it now. Now, I understand a lot of the retailers... They don't have all the lawnmowers out right now. It's the middle of the winter. Right. But around November, I had to go buy a new, was trying to go buy a new lawnmower because the one we had petered out and I wanted to mulch up the leaves and do all the things. You find a lot of the electric versions in stores now. But if you want a good old fashioned, old school push lawnmower gas powered, you're having a hard time finding it right now. So we bought my mom, uh, my, my brother bought my mom an electric lawnmower. And we had to buy like three extra batteries because those things just don't last. Right. And if you got a big yard, like we got a yeah. big backyard. You got to charge one while you cut and then go back and swap it out. It's a, it's a mess. That sucks. Uh, how about Michigan? Uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer signed the Clean Energy and Climate Action Package Act that will require the state to source its power for uh, clean energy from solar, wind power, and all that other crap. Now- According to a study from the Mackinac Center, which is this think tank group, this will cause Michigan residents to pay thousands of dollars more in supplemental energy costs under the new law, despite Whitmer claiming that it will save people $145 a year. What a mess. It's a total lie. Yeah, what a mess. Also, in Michigan, uh, Michigan will enact a law forcing the state Supreme Court justices to use the preferred pronouns of attorneys in the courtroom as the state seeks to expand its gender identity push. What are you laughing at, Jerry? These are serious laws on the books, Jerry. Can I pick my own pronouns? Because you could go in there and create a mess. Once again, watch the Chappelle stand up on that one. Uh, In the state of Washington, Washington State, they will ban employers from discriminating against anyone who fails a drug test for weed. I don't necessarily have a problem with this one because you, you can smoke three weeks ago on vacation and come back and test positive. I mean, if you're if you're high at work, you should be fired. If you're drunk at work, you should be fired. But if you're a hospital, you want your surgeon. I don't think it's asking too much sure. for your heart surgeon. All we're asking is don't have a positive drug test. You have a positive drug test. We're probably going to have to let you go. If you can't stop smoking for 30 days. Right. As Stephen A. Smith once said, and I quote, stay off the damn weed. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Happy New Year, you filthy animals. I'm Jason Hammer. Jerry Lopez in for Big Nige. Are you a resolution guy, Jerry? Uh, Not typically. I did make some this year. What'd you do? Uh, so I, it's just, I want to start out easy just for a month. So no fast food for the month. Uh, I'm going to try to do a dry January. So we'll see how that goes. But, 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, uh, those are the that two from, that I went with. I hear that from Nigel. <laughs> I hear that from Abdul. And these guys, I see them the next day. They're walking around with glass, glasses of scotch. I'm already like, you know what? After this, I have another one. I may want to drink. <laughs> You're filling in for Tony Kennett tonight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you get to rock this party until 7. And when I go home and start drinking. Still working. Because I'm not doing a dry January. <laughs> You're still going to be here holding it down. Yeah. Yeah. We'll stick around for uh, Jerry doing uh, Tony Kennett's show tonight. I told Rob Kendall earlier when I did my hit on his show, my one resolution this year, no parlay 24. I am not doing any sports betting parlay bets because parlay bets are for suckers. Yeah. We all have that one friend. That's not going to last, Jason. We all got that one friend <laughs> that brags about winning his parlay. I hit a five-team parlay. I hit an eight-team parlay. They never tell you about the 40 that they lost yep. beforehand, right? Yep. Any sports better will tell you parlay bets are sucker bets. So every bet that I'm making this calendar year is individual bets. Nothing tied together. I'm going to go with you on that one. No parlay 24, yeah. baby. Come on in. The water's just fine. Uh, Allison, our lovely producer, good to see you again. Are you a resolutions person? Um, I'm, I'm kind of like Jerry, like small doses, little goals, little things. Number one, quit your job. <laughs> and I'm already like, on it. I hate the people that I work with and find a new job. <laughs> no, seriously, did you make any? I, I did. Just uh, I'm going to work on just life and work balance, making that a little more uh, rounded because I feel like sometimes, you, you know, certain things sacrifice, and so I want to be a little more conscious of that. So you want the Nigel vacation schedule. Exactly. That's what you're That's looking what for. That's what my new contract. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, Happy New Year to everybody. God bless you guys for listening and coming back to this show every single day. Jerry Lopez is in for Big Nige. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.